Well, welcome to week five, day 27 of our Red Letter Challenge. And I want to review first where we've been throughout these 27 days. Review what we might call these targets that you see on the screen. The target of being and forgiving and serving. We talked that first week of how anything that we do as followers of Jesus, first and foremost, must be centered in his word, centered in our identity through our baptism. That we cannot flow unless Jesus, the true vine, flows through us with his grace. So we need to understand that, return to that water of life every day in order to be his people. That forgiving is something that our Lord brought into this world with his death and resurrection in order that we might know it. We might know it for ourselves and remember that we are forgiven. And then that forgiveness might extend from us to others around us. And last week, Pastor John talked about serving. How serving is so important in our lives as the people of God to reach to others. And as we witness this weekend, the excitement of Feed My Starving Children and other opportunities that we continue to have throughout our campus and throughout the world in ways that we can serve as we have been served. You know, I think target is a good word for these things. Because after all, they're targets. We are not aiming through all these things at our salvation. That's not a target that we could ever hit. In fact, the Bible's very clear about the fact if we are doing anything to try and hit the target of our salvation to get ourselves to heaven, we fall short every time. We're never going to hit that. But these are life targets. Targets in our life that as a follower of Jesus are things that we practice, that we work at, that we do. And so today we're going to look at that fourth target, the target of giving. Have you ever felt like you gave a gift in life that was just really that perfect gift when you gave it to somebody, everything just worked out? What about the other side of the coin? Have you ever given one that just fell short? I say that because I remember one time when the family was over at my mom and dad's and we were cleaning out some brush for the weekend. It was Father's Day weekend. Now, all my parents have is what we call a lopper. It's one of these long-handled things that you chop branches and an old brush saw. And it was a lot of work and we weren't getting very far. I tend to not be somebody that enjoys to the nth degree manual labor, so I looked at my brother and I said, you know, I'm going to the store to get Dad a Father's Day present. And so I did, and I went, and I bought him a chainsaw. And I brought it home, and I said, Dad, here's your Father's Day present. Now, my father was a city boy. He grew up in Detroit. He never used a chainsaw. He looked at me and said, well, that's a nice gift, son. But I used it. We cleaned up the brush. And to tell you the truth, my father never did use that chainsaw. And I have it today. And it became one of those family jokes about giving that dad's Father's Day presents were never really for him. You know, Jesus talks in the Bible more about giving than almost anything else. More than he does about love and more than he does about heaven. More than he does about hell. Because it's something that is so important in our lives. Zach Zender puts it this way on these two statements that you see on the screen. He says this, Belonging to Jesus means that you are truly generous. 
And he says, I'm convinced that it's impossible to be a stingy Christian. That's an incredible statement, that it's impossible for us. That because we know the generosity of God, it naturally flows through us. You know, Pastor John last week said that the one thing that stands in our way to serving is to have time. And I would say that the one thing that stands in our way in terms of giving is personal debt. I say that because the statistics tell us that 78% of Americans now have debt. They live paycheck to paycheck because of debt. Debt has become kind of the norm for our society today, to living beyond our means, the normal way of living. That means it's normal now in most relationships to fight as a husband and wife over the funds that we have or don't have. It's normal to worry about our debt. It's normal to worry about the lack of money that we have or the anxiety that comes from it, the fear that's within us of whether we're going to make it or not. It's normal to have no financial margin. Why does Jesus talk so much about giving? Because Jesus wants his people, his followers, to be anything but normal in this life. He wants us to be different. But more than that, Jesus is concerned for us. He's concerned about our hearts in this life and what they are attached to. In Matthew, Jesus says the following words on the screen, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. How many of you, if I ask this, and it's probably going to be almost every one of you, own a cell phone? Right. Most of us do. You know, I do something with Sarah that just absolutely drives her nuts with my cell phone. We'll be sitting doing something, and the conversation goes like this. My phone rings, and she says, aren't you going to answer that? And I say, no. What if it's important, she says. If it's important, I say, they'll leave a message. Five minutes later, I'm still sitting there. Aren't you going to get up? Aren't you interested in who called you? I'll get to it eventually, I tell her. It drives her absolutely nuts. She wants to get up and go look at my phone to tell me who called. But I say to her, Sarah, my phone is a tool. I own it. It does not own me. What's the point here? When Jesus says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also, we ask the question, what about our money? Is it a tool for us to use in our lives, or is it something that owns us? You see, I say that because debt, that one stumbling block that blocks most generosity, debt can make us slaves to money versus owning it. And I love this quote that I'm going to put on the screen that Luther says. It takes a couple of slides, so read on with me. He says this, God does not want us to serve money and possessions, nor does he want us to worry. He wants us to work and to leave the worry to him. He wants us to be the master of our possessions and not the slave to them. If I am a master of what I possess, Then they serve me, and I use them, as did Abraham and David, Jacob, and others that we see in scriptures. How? When I see a person who has no coat, I say to my money, come out. There is a poor person who has no coat. You must serve them. 
If I see someone sick who has no comfort, I say, go to work, dollars. Go and help them. I am master of what I possess. But if I am a slave to my possessions, they are not mine. I am theirs, and they own me. And the result is that I dare not use them for what I want to, nor use them to help others. In fact, if I am their slave, I don't even dare touch them. You know, I'll own this one. I can admit that my generosity level goes down proportionate to my debt level. Why? because I get afraid when I have more debt in my life. I'm afraid and I'm guilty. I'm afraid because I'm worried then, worried about not having enough, and I forget those words of Jesus who supplies all things that we aren't supposed to worry. And I think I'm guilty because when I see it in my life, I realize that I have not been a good steward, a good manager of what God has given me. And unfortunately, then, it causes a disconnect in my life because then I look at giving as something that I have to do versus something that I want to do. Zach puts it this way on the screen. We do not give because we have to. We give because we want to be like Jesus. You know, in our gospel lesson today, Jesus commends that widow not for her gift. Her gift would barely buy anything in terms of the temple. But he commends her for her relationship with God. He commends her for her heart where her treasure is because her relationship with God was so deep that she didn't just give a portion of what she had. Jesus says she gave everything. I want you to think about everything in her life. That meant no money for food tomorrow or the next day or the one after it. It meant that she had to depend upon God, depend upon his mercy to keep her alive, to give her daily bread. This was the God of her salvation, the God who never slumbers nor sleep, who watched over her, who called her her own, his own, and made a promise to her that he would send Messiah to redeem her. She looked at that in Scripture and said to herself, what was bread compared to this? What was life on earth compared to heaven or earthly security compared to the love of God? Zach says this way, giving should hurt. In other words, it should be a sacrifice, but not a sacrifice that we make trying to impress anyone but a sacrifice that we make in our lives because we want to imitate the one who sacrificed for us. God gave us Jesus and asked nothing in return. We give to imitate that gift, to imitate God's heart. One more thing to think about with where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Zach says this, whatever you invest in financially, you will also connect to emotionally. Where your heart is, your heart, your emotion. You know, in the book this week, as you go through the different days, there's a study that Zach lays out of 19 people who were hooked up to machines that monitored brainwaves and other things. And while that was going on, they were asked to play a game, a game where they could give things or they could receive things. 
And as the brain waves were monitored, it showed that every time there was more excitement in the person to give something away than there was to receive it. You know, how true is our memory verse today where Jesus says to us, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Let's say that together. It is more blessed to give than to receive. It's so important in our lives, so important for the condition of our hearts. Zach says this one more time about our emotions. Our emotions follow our money. Jesus tells us to invest in him, to give to his kingdom, his church, places that meet the needs of those without. I don't know where you are in your generosity level, in your giving, but if you've fallen short and if you realize that, I want you to know something else. God can redeem that in your life. Not just our souls, but by his spirit and by his word, he can work miracles in our hearts to change them from one of fear and doubt to give us generosity that pours out of us. Certainly, we can be normal in this life like everyone else, but Jesus asks us to be weird, to be different than normal, to be like him and to live life generously. God emptied the bank when he gave us Jesus. He held nothing back so that we could go into eternity debt-free to God. There's a story of a young woman who lived with her mother in a trailer on the edge of town. She had special needs, and so she lived with her mother all of her life. Every Sunday, her mother took her to church where she would hear of the love of Jesus, of how much Jesus had given up and how much she was loved. And she was one of those people who would look at others, even strangers, and say to them, Jesus loves you. Well, her mother eventually developed cancer. And in that cancer, it ate up any of the meager funds that they still had left in life to survive on. And it wasn't enough for them to keep going. And her mother was dying on her deathbed, the only thing that she had left was a locket that her mother had passed to her and she gave it to her girl so that she would have something to remember her by. Well, after she died, the church family came around that young girl, got her into a group home. Someone would drive her then every Sunday to church so she could continue to be there. One Sunday, the pastor was giving a sermon on giving and he talked about how God had given up everything so that they could have heaven. How God held nothing back. How Jesus loved her so much that he spared nothing. But when the offering was taken and the plate was passed, that young girl with special needs took the only thing that she had in life, that locket from around her neck, and put it in the offering plate. After the service, the elders got together as they saw that, and they said, we can't take from this girl the only thing that she's ever had in life from her mother. And so they met her at the door and gave it back to her. She looked up at them with tears in her eyes, streaming down. She simply said to them, I didn't give it to you. I gave it to Jesus. You know, I can guarantee you that if you struggle with this in your life, take it before Jesus. 
He promises us forgiveness. He promises us strength. He promises us blessing. Remember the words of Philippians 2.13, it is God who works in you to will and to do that which is pleasing for his purpose. God can work in us, but we can resist. Go before Jesus. Ask him to soften our hearts. Ask him to open our hearts in generosity. He will be faithful to do what you ask, and he will open the storehouse of heaven and bless us, because that's his promise to us. Will you pray with me? Jesus, enable our hearts to place the treasure of our lives in you. Lord, forgive us for the times where we have not been generous, where we have resisted your word and your spirit working in our lives. Forgive us and renew in us, Lord, that gift of your generosity where you gave up everything, that our hearts too may be generous to imitate what you have done for us. Use us, Lord, in whatever way you would have us be used, that lives might be transformed and changed by the gifts you have given us as we use them for you. We ask this in your name. Amen.